do you know what my first impression of Graham was? Oh, yeah. um, I uh, I joined. I was sat on my own next to a printer. You were in quarantine. <laughs> it we was were deciding. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Shall we accept her or not? And uh, Graham was this guy who sat behind a desk, and behind him was a uh, giant cardboard cutout of himself. Enough <laughs> <laughs> said. And I thought, hmm, interesting. I wonder what ever happened to that. Smashing Security, episode 167, Coronavirus Scams, and an Exaggerated Lion, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 167. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. <laughs> and we're joined today by a special guest. A very special guest. Aww. Never been on the show before. It's Naked Security's Anna Braden. Hello, Anna. Hello. It's like the old gang back together again, isn't it? We should yeah. explain. How do we all know each other? Uh, naked Security. Yeah. <laughs> you two birthed Naked Security. And when you left, Ooh. I adopted it. <laughs> And now it's become an unruly teenager. Oh, it has. I think I think I did most of the birthing of that actually. Mm. I think Graham just sat there, yeah, and mm. said, "You're doing a great job, mm. doing great." <laughs> Although he did write a lot once it was created, because he didn't like it at first, right? Because he had his own blog and he had to no, share it with no, the people. I, what do you What do you like? <laughs> I was very much behind the idea. Oh. I thought it'd be good. Oh, I guess I misremember. Do you know what my first my first impression of Graham was? Oh, yeah. um, I. Uh, Hello. I joined and I got put in this weird island thing and like it was like a I was sat on my own next to a printer in the middle of the office. It we was were like that. <laughs> yeah. Shall we accept her or not? No, I was with a different team. And uh Graham was this guy who sat behind a desk and behind him was a uh giant cardboard cutout of himself. Enough <laughs> <laughs> said. I, thought, I think that's perfect. Interesting. <laughs> I wonder what ever happened to that. <laughs> Have you not got it? No, I th- it got kidnapped once by the McAfee crew. Oh. Yes, held it ransom, but then eventually it came back. I don't know what happened to it in the end. Anyway, Carole, what's coming up on the show this week? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> First, thanks to this week's sponsor, LastPass. Its support helps us give you this show for free. Now, Graham introduces us to the dubious exaggerated lion group. Anna tells us of a fisherman who lost a Bitcoin fortune, literally, and someone around here had to cover the coronavirus scams. All this and oh so much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums, I've got a very important question for you, which is this. What would you do to promote your podcast? How far would you be prepared to go to promote it? Anna, obviously, you'd be (laughs) happy to come on competing podcast to promote yours. But uh, what would you? What else would you be prepared to do? Oh, well, I'd partner with you, Graham. That's what I'd do. Okay, okay. Right? Have you not already done that? Graham loves talking about himself and talking about what he does, right? So I figure he's yeah. So he naturally is the loudspeaker. From, you know, how our promotion gets It's going to be that kind of show, is it? I've got two what? former colleagues on the podcast <laughs> who are going to criticise me. Anna, I what about so. you? What, what, have, what have you tried to do to promote the Naked Security podcast? Well, I started a podcast on an established site that already had a lot of Twitter followers, so that was helpful. Have um, you ever thought of getting your guests actually naked as a, a little bit of a, a sort of gimmick? That is what we do. That's, oh, you, are, oh, you record it naked. He's obviously mm, not absolutely. listening to the latest podcast, is he? Well, he's not. He's, I mean, we haven't yet recorded it on video, but that's the plan. So, 
late na- naked security later it's going to be called <laughs> I see. Well, there is a cybercrime gang called Exaggerated Lion, and they are taking advantage not so much of people who want to promote their podcasts, but another method of promotion. They've been scamming people since at least 2013. They operate out of multiple countries in Africa, including Nigeria, Kenya and Ghana. And in the early days, they scammed people via Craigslist. But one of their most common scams they've used recently has involved car wrapping. Do you know what car wrapping is? Oh, no. No. Car wrapping. Well, you don't wrap up a car in a bow or something like that. But what you do is if you want to promote something, you pay people to have their car embellished or emblazoned with your logo. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I think I've seen this on Channel 5 before, (laughs) where they they bling up a car, right? They sass it up with some flames and stuff. Pimp my ride. Yeah, pimp, yeah, yeah, pimp your ride. <laughs> it's it's not quite that. This is something where it would say on the side, you know, drink iron brew or something like that, yeah. or, you know, such and a such promo. a vodka, some sort of promotion. And the idea is that you get paid so much per week or per month that your car is effectively a moving advertising billboard. And this gang, they have adverts online or they might email you saying, look, we would love for you to join up our scheme, have your car decorated with marketing messages for drinks companies. Okay. And and we will pay you each week, right? Because there's no skin off your nose, right? You're driving around anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Bopping along, listening to Taylor Swift or whoever. No, there's a lot of brands that would be pretty embarrassing to have in your car, though. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah. Do you think? (laughs) Hooters? Lillettes? What what are you thinking? I mean, it's... (laughs) I'm thinking this is a good idea for the Naked Security Podcast. Uh, a, <laughs> I might do this on my car. Right, there you go. So, and you might think, well, what can I lose if I sign up for something like this? What happens is the bad guys send you a cheque and it covers your first month's pay, $1,850. Great. All right, so you get a, you get a cheque in the mail. Yes, before you've even wrapped your car, is this to wrap you get your car wrapped? Oh, well, this is for eighteen fifty, and what they say is that we are going to send a specialist round to your house who will artfully decorate your car, <laughs> put all the logos all over it, and they promise no damage will be done to your car. Just a little bit of the money you will need to pass on to the specialist to do this. But this is basically four weeks' pay before anything has happened. And they also say, you know, we'll remove it at the end of the promotion. So anytime you want to opt out because you're too embarrassed because you're advertising Ovaltine or whatever it is, yeah, all you've got to do, send us a photograph to prove it's been decorated and uh, wire the fee to the specialist and off you go. Aha, I think I've spotted the hole here. <laughs> An advance fee. Right, because these are, of course, fake cheques. Mm. And this scam has added up to millions and millions of dollars, which have been sent out by this gang called Exaggerated Lion. I, I don't know where they come up with these names for hacking groups from. <laughs> Lion, I guess, is because of the African connection. I don't know why Exaggerated in particular. But maybe it's a, a loose translation of, you know, like know. Mega Lion or like... Maybe. I, I have no idea. But the thing is, what happens is you get the cheque, you pay the cheque into your bank. And the way in which banks operate is... They get your cheque and they sort of add that amount to your balance. But it can take a few days for the cheque to actually clear. And in the meantime, you have transferred so much of your own money from that float to the specialist, right? And that's the scam, 
is that you've paid money which actually isn't really in your account. So you've ended out of pocket. So tell me, you're paying you're paying for the guy to come and decorate your car? Is that the fee? Yes. Yes, that's the fee. So you, you wire some of this money, which you think you've received from the agency as an advance to the specialist. Right. And, th- and then the specialist does indeed show up. No. Oh. <laughs> no, okay. no, none of that happens, Carol. No. Nothing happens. So Nothing so happens be- other than money's lost. I don't think I follow. So they get they receive the cheque and then the the victim sends on some of the money to the person that's going to come and decorate the car, but they don't. That's correct. Okay, I understand. All right, okay. So they're asking you, they're saying, here's 1850 and I'm going to give this guy 500 to do the work. Right. But the, right, the, but the 500 comes out of your pocket. Yes, because the 1850, yeah. the cheque doesn't go through. Yeah, right? it looks like it goes through. It's a fake cheque, exactly. So the, surely that's, is that not the bank's issue? That's your issue or does the bank cover that? No, well, no, no. the, the bank will say that cheque you paid in, you know, bounced effectively. But they don't tell you that straight away. Well, look, they've since moved on. That was the scam which they used to be doing. They would prey upon people who wanted to advertise uh, alcohol drinking or whatever on the side of their car uh, to emblazon it. Now they have moved on to a different, slightly different twist on business email compromise, which, of course, we're all familiar with, the scam of BEC. And in this particular case, what they do is they send a brief email to a company's accounts payable department claiming to come from the CEO. Nothing unusual about that. But what is unusual is the email asks for a cheque to be sent to a vendor today rather than for money to be wired. And normally with these scams, it's all about money being wired, right? But Mm. this isn't about electronic transfer. Instead, it's about cheques being sent. Now, the reason for that might be that organisations have put policies in place regarding electronic transfers of money, but maybe not for writing out a cheque. Now, there's a couple of things... maybe a number of companies I've worked with in America, Mm. and many of them like to use cheques. So I think whilst they're kind of RIP in the EU, I mean, I haven't received a cheque in the EU in, I don't know, five years. Yeah. You're absolutely right. America, clearly the most advanced and wonderful country in the entire universe, is still using cheques a great deal. Yeah, it's a nightmare. But certainly I've had situations where I've done some work for an American company and, you know, despite my invoice saying, please transfer the money electronically, you, you get a, a check through the post. And it, I can't remember the last time I paid a check in. You know, yeah. it's like, what, what on earth mm. am I supposed to do this? I wouldn't know where my checkbook is, even if I have a checkbook. Yeah, I'm just thinking with your first scam, though, I would I would probably, if I were to fall for such a scam, right, mm. where someone gives me a check and I pay out of that money, yeah. um, I just wouldn't bring the check in forever because I'm, I'm so bad at going into a bank, <laughs> right? So I, would, I, I have actually lost money because I haven't got to the bank in the six months right. allocated time yeah. to clear the check. Yeah. Who has time to go into a bank? It's awful, though. It's, you know, but you would if you, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you were considering uh, wrapping your cart in advertising. I presume and that weekly payment. Yeah, yeah. I presume that's because you need some money. So if yeah. they're sending you eighteen hundred pounds or whatever it was, yeah, yeah, eighteen fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. So you probably need that money. So you might go to the bank. Mm-mm-mm. It's because you're so rich, Carol. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so let's is. look a bit more at what this particular scam is doing. So it asks the uh, victim to send a check. First of all, now there's no attempt. This is unusual as well. There's no attempt to spoof the CEO's email address, right? So they don't pretend to come from yourcompany.com. Instead, the domain name is one which comes from what pretends to be in secure infrastructure. So the chaps at Agari 
who are a security firm. I don't know if it's a Gary or a Gary. I'm not sure which one it is. But I anyway, think the latter. You think a Gary? So <laughs> they say that they've seen domain names like this. Ready for this? Office-secure-SSL-mail71521-apps-server-portal-mail. dash dash server dash portal dash apps dash mail dot management wow so they nearly always come from dot management addresses and they've got all these words which suggest security and an official mm. email in the body of the domain name as well i didn't even know dot management email addresses exist that you could buy a dot management address apparently the exaggerated line group they have used more than 1400 dot management domains since July 2017. And it appears that round about 10% of all dot management domains have been created by this group. So if you ever get an email from a dot management, there's a one in 10 chance that it's one of these bad guys scams. Yeah, Yeah, report it. And so all the time we were worried about um, spoofing email addresses from the CEO. Right. It turns out we didn't need to worry about that at all because <laughs> no. they're pretty successful without it. <laughs> Just put in dot .management and SSL and you're really get through. Really secure email, .management. That did, yeah, it's pretty scary, that. Surely at a business, though, you'd mm. have, um, you know, you'd have security that would block this in most companies. I don't know about in most companies. It depends on the size. I think more and more companies are putting little systems in place. So, for instance, they might have a system whereby they mark an email as coming from an external address. But then if it looks like it might be a service which the company is itself using, then maybe people will think, well, yeah, it did come from an outside organisation. Well, that's why I think technology needs to be here to kind of go, whoa, that doesn't, that's not, you know, the links don't match or mm. I suppose they do match. Well, it's, yeah, it's, look, it's yeah. kind of social engineering, really, I think, because it claims mm. to come from Barry, the CEO or whoever. And you think, oh, Barry must be using some system to email me about this thing. Anyway, I want to move on to what happens with the money once it's sent out. Yeah, because, please, because we've been talking forever. <laughs> Go. So, so where do these checks end up? They end up with lonely middle-aged women. Oh. The exaggerated lion scammers, they haven't just been doing business email compromise. They've also been building up a network of romance scam victims. Oh, no. They've been telling their romantic partners that they have a large inheritance. It's all tied up in red tape. It's only trickling out. But these women, and it does always seem to be women as far as uh, I've been able to read, are utterly invested in these relationships, not realising they're speaking to African scammers. And because women come forward and admit that they, they've been duped. Yeah. This that's guy it. would hide it forever. <laughs> and uh, maybe men are just rubbish because if, if someone comes onto them and says, hey, you know, we need to move some money into your account, I'm going to send you a big check. They're just thinking, well, sod the relationship, I'll keep the check. So maybe they're not as easy to scam. They think, oh, the relationship doesn't matter. But anyway, so the, the money is sent to them in the form of a check and they can't see that they're being scammed. And they are effectively operating as money mules for the gang. And they then mm. forward the money to their handler. In some cases, they've even had meetings with law enforcement when they've tried to pay the check in or if there's been any suspicion. But normally there isn't suspicion because these checks are completely legitimate. They have come from real companies who've been scammed. And so no alarm bells are ringing at the bank. I know. But if some guy calls you and says, hey, look, I'll send you a check... I know, but, but I don't think they just call them out of the blue, though, do they? <laughs> no, no. No, no. That, but the, but that may be how romance works around your part of Oxford, Carol, but we're a little bit I more sophisticated. I prefer a bit of investment. Anna, I imagine you live somewhere quite romantic. 
I, have a, I mean, a, I do. It's very romantic. Do? It's sort of uh, in the middle of the city. <laughs> she right. walks in. There's always, there's always, yeah. There's always like rose petals everywhere she walks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's like that. It's hard to move for the rose petals. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I prefer. I think I'd be, I'd be after a bit more bag wooing. of chips. Oh well, I mean, yeah, I'd do anything for a bag of chips. <laughs> You prefer you prefer a little bit of wooing. Well, they have been wooing, of course. They've been wooing for months and months. And these people and, are lonely, aren't they? Let's they face lonely. it. They, yeah. Carol, you've just got too many people in your life. Maybe. I'm just lucky, I guess. I don't know. Mm. So the mule has received the money. Sometimes they're tricked into forwarding the money to another mule. Sometimes they're told that that's an inheritance attorney. Um, sometimes they're told to keep a little bit of it for themselves. But eventually it ends up with the scammer. Yeah, the upshot is exaggerated lying, do lots of bad shit, scamming people. <gasps> do you think it's exaggerated lying rather than lying? <laughs> Maybe it's because they're telling really big fibs. So they could have been called the massive fibber gang. I think you're wrong to think there, Carol. Yeah, exactly. What I want to know is when these middle-aged women fall for these scams, they always send so much money. And I think, well, why, where am I going wrong? I don't have that money to send. <laughs> Yes, but Maybe you've just received it, haven't you? You received it in a cheque from this company. Oh, yeah. Okay, right? so in general, I mean in romance scams, though. In, in they often, generally, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, a great deal of effort has been put into scamming businesses out of money. You need to put serious effort into helping your staff detect when they are being scammed as well, because this social engineering, it, it seems it's not always very sophisticated in terms of faking domain names, as we've seen. So watch out for dot .management emails and other domains as well. And uh, don't be too quick to write a check. And Anna, maybe you should sound, uh, you should f- feel lucky, actually. Mm. If you don't have cash, you're not going to get targeted, right? That's true. No love. Every cloud. a lot of money. Yeah, I don't live in a romantic place, but... If you want to give me some of your money to make yourself feel more comfortable... Graham needs it as well. I don't know if you know that. It's <laughs> very hard up these days. I'm sorry, Graham. That's oh, right. <laughs> Anna, what's your story for us this week? Let me introduce you to Clifton Collins. So, (laughs) he's a beekeeper from Dublin. (gasps) And not only is he a beekeeper, but he's won awards for his honey. So, he's pretty good. Um, (laughs) And he also works as a security guard to make ends meet. (laughs) But he's also a drug dealer and a Bitcoin millionaire. (laughs) What? What? Hey, what? (laughs) Or at least he was a Bitcoin millionaire. So for 12 years, he grew cannabis and then he sold it on for a tidy sum. This isn't Um, legal in Ireland. No, 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 it's not legal. He's a very naughty boy. He's a very naughty boy, but he made a lot of money. Um, So he bought a two-seater plane, because he could, and learned to fly it. Uh, But he still had some money kicking about. So he decided to invest his money in Bitcoin, which in Mm. 2011 was quite Mm. a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, Um, right. According to my Wikipedia ring, it was worth at the time between one and thirty-one dollars, um, so a little bit cheaper than it is now. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> so he's an entrepreneur, um, <laughs> and he's not stupid. So he was a bit worried about having all his bitcoins in one basket. So he created twelve different wallets and evenly distributed six thousand bitcoins across them all. So that's five hundred bitcoins in each. Wow! Um, hey. Right, so by today's calculations, that's about £45.5 million or $58 million. So it's a lot of money. So he's got 12 different wallets, 
which means right. 12 different keys or access codes because obviously so these are like to get tiny little things all the information is on a tiny little piece of a device a hardware device that he well, has it doesn't in have his to possession. be a hardware no so he so he's just got he's got these wallets um and he, oh, they're like they're digital online. wallets yeah okay okay right and right so he's got his access codes so where does he store them where does he store the codes aha hmm. uh-huh. so he could have stored the bitcoins on the computer Obviously. I hope he didn't put it in a jazz cigarette. Oh, did, oh. This is Graham's word for, for, for marijuana. I love it so much. A jazz. It would go oh, up in smoke. It would exactly. No, so he didn't. He didn't store it anywhere like that. So he decided to store them online, but he could have stored them on his computer. But obviously, there's a risk if you store it on your computer because if you lose the codes. Yeah. Um, and you haven't backed it up. Like, do you remember there was that IT guy in the UK who threw away his old hard drive? Yes. And yes. there was 7,500 bitcoins on it. And he applied to the council and said, um, do you mind if I pop to the landfill site? Um, and they were like, oh, that was four years ago. You're not going to find it. He was in Wales, there. wasn't he? He was uh, in Wales, sure. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I remember that story. He offered 7.4 million to dig it up. Well, I'm not surprised. That's nothing. If you've got 7,500 bitcoins. As if oh. things weren't going badly enough, he was also in Wales. I think is the point Carole is making. No, terrible, I love terrible. Wales. It's a lovely country. I, I think it's gorgeous. <laughs> Sorry, Wales. So, Graham and Carole, I imagine you're making uh, quite a lot of money from smashing security. Millions. Um, <laughs> and a good place to invest your money would be cryptocurrency, right? Mm. So where do you store all your bitcoins? Ooh. Well, I have none, so I don't store them anyway. <laughs> I, I have a hardware wallet. Okay. I have... I have a little cryptocurrency investment um, because I don't trust people online. And do you know where your wallet is? Um, Yes, I do. I don't really want to say. Hesitated. No, no. Well, I I don't really want to say on the podcast in case. Do you keep it somewhere where the sun don't shine? Especially as I'm currently at RSA in San Francisco, far away from my hardware wallet. It just made me a bit paranoid. Actually, my God, why didn't I bring it with me? You'll be home when the time this airs. So what <laughs> what Clifton decided to do, which actually yes. isn't a bad idea, is to make a paper copy of the codes. Yes. So he uh, printed them out mm. and he folded the piece of paper up nicely and he oh, tucked yeah. it inside the aluminium cap of his fishing rod case, which he kept at home. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. That's right. part one of the story. Because he loves fishing. So he fishes a lot. So well, it's near and near, near close to him. Even drug dealers need a break. Maybe right. it's, right. you know, some you go smoke time. a jazz cigarette by the river. <laughs> exactly. Do a bit of fishing, right? Maybe he doesn't use it. He might not use them. He might just grow it and oh, sell right. it on. That's how he we got rich. We shouldn't assume that, yeah. Of course. Exactly. I don't think he needs to sell it anymore, does he? If he's made this well, much money. And let's well, maybe to the story. Let's, let's, let's carry on listening. Plane, maybe he does. I think he might have still been dealing. So part two of the story is fast forward to three years ago. And mm. in the early hours of the morning, Clifton was out driving in his fancy Lexus 4x4. <laughs> and he was in the middle of the nowhere. And I'm a criminal. <laughs> exactly. I'm a criminal Don't look at me, guys. Don't look. <laughs> the cherry red or, or, or appealing white. Just as an aside, why do drug dealers drive fancy cars? Why don't they just drive like rubbish cars? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Secret. It's to suggest they have a better quality of drugs, surely. If they oh. they drove up like Colombo and rather shambolic. Well, surely it's, it's suggesting they're fleecing everyone. I have no idea. Anyway. Okay, so he's put in the codes inside his fishing rod. So that was in 2011. So fast forward to three years ago and he's driving around uh, in the early hours of the morning in the middle of nowhere. So yes. the police, I wonder if they were following him. Anyway, they thought he was acting suspiciously and they stopped yeah. him and they searched right. his car. 
no fishing rod, but he had, unfortunately for him, cannabis on him worth about £1,600 or $2,000. So he's obviously still dealing or he has yeah. a very, very expensive jazz cigarette <laughs> habit. Clifton can't get enough <laughs> of the dealing. He's like Abfab, right? He's got 15 at once. <laughs> exactly. And so they arrested him, unsurprisingly. So then they searched his house and they found more than 500 cannabis plants with a combined value of £330,000. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And right. a pellet gun and a stun gun for protection. Lots of things that are not considered <laughs> very kosher in uh, in Ireland. Well, there's a mix of... Exactly, <laughs> mix I'm not metaphors. sure. <laughs> the, the, the Irish-Jewish <laughs> contingent. <laughs> exactly. So, And they also, <sighs> as part of that, they seized the Bitcoin wallets. Right. But there was a problem. They couldn't be unlocked. Uh-huh. Guess what yes. has happened? The fishing rod case had gone missing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Oh, he's taken it. He's hidden it. Well, apparently after he was arrested, there was a burglary at his house. Uh-huh. <laughs> Suspicious. Seamus! Seamus, I've got to... You've got to do something for me right away, Seamus! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. No, so uh, so either that happened or Clifton said perhaps it was that the house was cleared on behalf of the landlord after he was jailed. And so many of his belongings were just taken to a dump. <gasps> in nearby County Galway. Bizarrely, workers at the dump said they remembered seeing discarded fishing gear, which I think is a bit weird. Cause oh. Maybe because it smelt so much of weed. Maybe that's well, maybe. what they remember it. Or because they found inside it some Bitcoin passphrases. <laughs> to... this, this smells really fishy to me. Uh, no, so appa- very good apparently... Troll. I see, I see. <laughs> I missed that. It was so subtle. So, subtle. <laughs> so law enforcement... <laughs> So do we believe, hang on, do we believe this? So, no. so just to, just to no. summarise, he's been arrested. Yeah. They could tell he's a drug dealer and they thought, mm-hmm. oh, you've got all these cryptocurrency funds. We're going to take that as well. But they haven't got the keys in order to unlock it. And he claims mm-hmm. that he stored them inside his fishing rod case and his fishing rod case has mysteriously disappeared. In right? a burglary that happened just after he was arrested. How terribly convenient. Well, so law enforcement have said they believe he genuinely lost the codes which right. apparently hadn't been accessed for a year. But who knows? So anyway, they couldn't go to this dump because not only it's not like the IT worker in the UK, because what happens with uh, in County Galway is that waste from the dump is sent to Germany and China to be incinerated. So we could only <laughs> assume the codes have gone up in a puff of smoke, like with the jet cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. You yeah. see, he should maybe this is a lesson learned, you know? He shouldn't be dealing with fake monies and and bad cigarettes. I don't well, know what I think going the lesson that. learned is uh it's so it's a, it's a it's a reasonably wise thing to print out the codes. You've got it at your house, you're much more likely to get hacked than burgled unless you're Clifton, probably. <laughs> but I would say if it was me, I'd probably wouldn't be storing it in something as removable as a fishing rod case, unless I wanted it to be burgled. So I've been thinking while you've been talking, I think okay. I know what I'd do. Okay. I would tattoo it on my body. Oh. I think what? I would probably, yeah, I think I would. I would do it on my, because I'm, I'm unlikely to you know, lose all my hair. So I'd probably put it on my skull. Right. <laughs> under my hair. And I would do um, it in code. Right. Right? Mm. I'd try and make a pretty, you know, a clever code. How would you read it? If, yeah, you, look, if you got a mirror, it would all yeah. be backwards. And what, what, what? I'm, I'm sure I could figure it out. I'm how, pretty bright. Going how are you going to stop someone else spotting it? And getting into I have, your... have a lot of hair. Also, you've what? just advertised this. I mean, are you yeah. worried now that someone's going to kidnap you and shave your head? Because I would be. 
<laughs> I have not tattooed mine I, on the top of my head. I live in Oxford, okay? darling. I live in Oxford, so uh, That's true. things don't, don't happen right. over here. Don't live in Reading. <laughs> the romantic city. <laughs> Everyone's having their heads shaved in the romantic city of Reading. <laughs> this is where they should do a lie detector test of, you know, ask him with a lie detector machine and actually stream it live Like on Jeremy air. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> And then we could all watch him while he's doing the test to see if we think he's lying or not lying. And we could click buttons and say, yes, 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 no, no. <laughs> truth, truth, truth. Lie, lie. I think it's a great idea. Okay, let's do it. We'll work okay. on it. <laughs> Crow, what's your story for us this week? Okay, I know we've all been hearing about the coronavirus every day, but someone mm. had to do it. Now, I bet some of the stuff in your individual echo chambers is misleading BS. It certainly is in mine. I'm seeing all kinds of stuff that seems crazy. Mm. Mm. Um, like there was one guy online spouting that China deliberately released it to gain an economic foothold during the U.S. election cycle. Wow. I yeah. heard it was Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders <laughs> created coronavirus. Hey. And <laughs> I'm sure we'll be hearing don't, that soon. Don't just the front runner. Come on. Now, um... And some people are getting the message that this is all a teeny tiny storm in a little baby teacup. And other people, of course, are hearing that the world is going into total meltdown. Lord of the Flies, styly. Did you ever ever read that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, did you you feel a kinship with any of the characters? Oh, you're going to make the comment about Piggy? (laughs) Is seriously you're going to say about Piggy? No, I wasn't going to say that at all. I was going to say Ralph the protagonist or... There is the whingy character called Piggy. There is one. He does end up dead. Piggy does die, and he dies because the boys went primal, right? But you, Mr. Cluley, meanwhile, decide to risk everything to get on a plane to go to RSA this week. Yeah. Didn't you? That is risky. During a pandemic. Every week I appear on this podcast, I just get insulted. I just get abuse. And I'm always charming to you. It's I mean, you, you wouldn't have been alone, Graham, had you decided not to go to RSA. Loads no. of big spenders pulled out the last minute. They cancelled Mobile World Congress, didn't they? They did in yeah. Barcelona, yes. They completely cancelled, yes. Yeah. IBM decided yes. to break away as a platinum sponsor for RSA. AT&T Cybersecurity pulled out its gold sponsorship. Mm. And why this have they Friday... Pulled, why have they pulled it out? Because they don't think there's going to be enough attendees. No, I don't think it's about the attendees. There seem to be plenty of people on my plane who are going there. Um, no, I think <laughs> I think I think they're just worried that, uh, about what might happen to their staff if they're oh. there. They just think it's it's not worth it. No, but this is also sponsorship. This is not exhibitors, mm-hmm. right? There's different yeah. tiers. So there, there are there are fourteen in all sponsors and exhibitors. Okay, that have gone, but those three are sponsorship. So I went and decided how much this would maybe hurt RSA. So how much does the sponsorship cost? And you for the diamond package of sponsorship it's a whopping four hundred thousand dollars wow yeah and platinum which is what ibm uh broke away from was two hundred fifteen thousand dollars. so they've just lost that but, presumably. they've lost all yeah. that well i mean there must have been a penalty well, hang on yeah are you, are you sure you can just pull out presumably that's already been paid for yeah i don't know if it'd mm. be paid in full but maybe it is maybe maybe it, and if that were the case maybe um maybe it was about I, stuff i think if a contract's been signed to sponsor rsa then you can't just a couple of days beforehand say oh i see a few people sniffing around san francisco therefore we need all that money back yeah that's what i mean they've lost the money yeah the the companies I mean, yeah the companies I yeah. Think, yeah yeah and the exhibitors probably were touting out going half price exhibition sponsors yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we're recording this on Monday, the 24th. And some info between now and publishing date, of course, will change in this because this baby's moving pretty fast. And this is despite incredible restrictions put on people's movements. As of last week, 10% of the population were in lockdown. So not quarantine, but these are people whose movements are being restricted by others. 10% mm -hmm. of what population? Of the world population. So what? Like, yeah. No, so this lot. is nonsense. It's like nonsense. <laughs> it That's quite nonsense. Are you sure? One in 10 people on planet Earth are not able to move because of this coronavirus. Are you going to put this out as a pod on our podcast? Yes. One in 10. No, I don't believe it. I do not oh, believe... Oh, you don't believe the New York Times? I do not believe... Well, oh, OK. That's what have they actually said? What have they actually said? No, no, no come no, on. Hey, let's believe say, your well, own echo chamber. One in 10 people on planet Earth are not able to... They'll not have free movement because of coronavirus, is what you're saying. That is what I am contesting, yes. I mean, China, China is a big country. I, I, know, I know China's big. Is it, okay, so how many people live in China? How, many, how much of the world population? Oh, about a billion. Yeah, more than that, isn't it? Yeah, so it's actually probably about 15% of the world. Oh, I see. Just in mean. China. Oh, did you not think about that? <laughs> and then, of course, you've got all the countries around there with loads of, like, Thailand, Cambodia, South Korea. All right, maybe. And on. on Sunday, my <laughs> listeners believe me, they can go check my links. And on Sunday, we just heard that Italy is suddenly now in big trouble. Yeah. They've called in the military to enforce city quarantines. Mm. And Monday, we hear that South Korea is worse hit than they thought. So as of today, as of Monday, 79,000 reported cases and the death toll is at 2,600. And, of course, there's economic concerns, right? China's yes. responsible for 30% of the world's manufacturing. 10% of people in the world are in lockdown. So, so I've um, heard. And share prices have really plummeted, haven't they? Well, exactly. So current estimations point global trade taking a hit of nearly $600 billion. So this all isn't pretty. This is all awful. But as with awful things that are especially a global phenomenon, it is very attractive to scammers. Mm. This is attractive to scammers as poop is to flies. I think you'll find flies are to poop. Poop is not attracted to flies. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do a poo and find it flying <laughs> around after flies. You've got the direction wrong there. So we're seeing loads of little and, and sophisticated scam armies trying their hand and trying to do people who are concerned about the virus, right? These are people that are actually trying to get out there and get information. So we've seen emails that purport to be from the World Health Organization. And uh, the whole idea is to use that to build trust and then mm. steal your info and your hard-earned cash. And mm. the dupe that they're doing is they have a link to the CDC in one of the emails I saw. But if you hover over that link, you can see that it goes to a completely different URL. Right. But we're also seeing weird stuff. Like in Hong Kong, scammers were advertising boxes of 100 surgical masks for sale at up to 400 Hong Kong dollars each. So that's about $51. And this was on face shit. But of mm. course, no products were ever delivered when people actually paid the money. And even in New York, there's these things called pandemic quick kits being sold. And uh, one of the journalists from Motherboard said it looked really quickly assembled with items in the kit being only advisable for people who are going to a costume party. So, uh, so people are trying their luck here. Mm. But it's also brought unexpected challenges like that of facial recognition. Uh -huh. So one would assume that if you're wearing a surgical mask, you don't get a virus. You have the added benefit of, well, being unidentifiable by the recognition system. 
But coronavirus has forced millions of people across China to don these masks. And lo and behold, China's AI champion Sense Time put out a release last week saying it's adapted its algorithms to identify people wearing masks. Oh. But I heard you can also catch. Uh, uh, excuse me, Krog. I may have heard this from my echo chamber. It may not be reliable. But I heard it's not necessarily just inhaled. You could also get it through your eyes as well. So maybe you need to wear both a... Goggles, yeah. Well, exactly. And how is the facial recognition going to work there if you've got your swimming goggles on as well as the mask covering your nose and mouth? Mm. Well, it's interesting because it's not just facial recognition. I think we all think that. There's a lot of other things, that, like the way you walk, for example, can give away. So there's a million different I can tell by the way. <laughs> I don't think anyone would think right. that. Great. Okay. Did you hear that someone was trying to, I think they're trying to crowdfund a, a mask, a facial recognition mask that was like a printout of your face on the bottom half. So you could still be recognised. I don't know how reliable. Of course, you do lose accuracy, right, with these things. So if you're wearing a hat, goggles, and a face mask, and, and a you're bouncing on one foot, <laughs> wore shoe lifts to try and change your height, um, they they may not be able to catch you first time round. But uh, they say with masks, that the SM estimates are around ninety percent. I think there'll be other clues if you were doing all that, Carol, that you might be a, <laughs> might be a person of interest. I know, I'd, stand, I'd stick out like a sore thumb like that guy in the Lexus. So I'll leave it to the experts to tell you what you should do to keep healthy. Though an obvious one for me is to try and limit your non-essential outings and interactions with big groups like at airports or conferences. RSA. Or exhibitions, that sort of thing. <laughs> right? Aeroplanes. Um, so I'm just sticking to small parties with close friends. Um, actually, my pick of the week is all about what you can do when you're stuck indoors. Oh, but before we get to that, online. So here's my big beef. Many of us are trying to get information from reputable sources, right? And I hate to say it again, but Facebook is not a reputable source. Oh. Nor is Twitter. No. I know. The problem here is there's too much BS on them. <laughs> I'm not talking about those who are trying to dupe the rest of us. Like, I'm not talking about the scammers. I'm talking about you and me, the average folks that are basically just reading a headline and deciding, oh, I'll pass that on all to my friends. Yeah. I heard on Smashing Security that poop can fly. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? Yeah, I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> Sorry, yes, carry on. That, so obviously all the advice you gave earlier, like don't read unsolicited email. I mean, don't read email at all. That's what I do. <laughs> but if you... Ha- but, you <laughs> don't know. read the newspapers. <laughs> yeah. And now there's loads of links, so you don't have to take my word for it. Go read your links directly and make your own mind up. <laughs> And, okay, maybe, Graham, maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe you're not an idiot to travel during a viral pandemic. Maybe, just maybe, you're a brave, brave hero. You know, going into the melee of people to see what's really going on. Have you brought a face mask, Graham? I I didn't bring a face mask. There were a lot of people who did have them on, I have to say. Oh, really? I offered you a face mask. There was one guy who looked a bit like, is it Bane from uh, the... Dark Knight movie. Remember that with Tom? Did you see that, that movie? Oh, the Batman movie with the bad. I couldn't. It wasn't Batman. I, it, was, it was one of the Batman movies. And I was sat through it for about two and a half hours and I thought, I cannot understand a word he's saying. So there's one who had a mask like that <laughs> it was on. so funny. But, I remember. But yeah. you've worried me actually a bit, Carol, because I, I, I obviously have to catch a plane back to old Blighty, the safety of, mm. of Brexit Britain. And um, I've done this story, so you feel bad. I, I thank you. 
Carole, don't see him for two uh, weeks. Okay. Don't plan to see him until 2021. I think I might, I might actually not come back by plane. I might come back by pedalo. I think maybe yeah, I'll, start, I'll see you in a few mm. years. It's a good idea. Okay, so Can there's two silver linings please? to this viral nightmare. Yes. <laughs> One, you're going to be gone for a while. Oh. I'm just kidding. Oh, fuck you very much. <laughs> and two though, two, though, remember those people who'd come into the office all sick and spluttery and yes. gross, and I'd be like, can you just go exactly home? exactly who you're referring to. And, and they'd there. look at you pathetically and go, no, no, I'm okay. I just have so much work. Yeah. Well, the coronavirus is going to put an end to all that BS. Yeah. So yeah. that's one good Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Mm. Hate that. Wow. Hate that. Wow. We did get told if someone sneezes, as managers, you have to send them home. Well, so, so people need to learn how to sneeze, right? So many people sneeze into their hands. Right, it's like, yeah. what are you doing? So I, I've been. Why don't we have airbags for sneezers, right? So they could be wearing around their neck. And if they suddenly start going, it would just go and blast around their face and contain it. That is a good idea. I think exactly. now's the time to invent that exactly. as well, Carol. One yeah. of my conditions uh, of marriage were, that my wife made me agree to is that I don't sneeze into my hands. I sneeze into my elbow. Who and sneezes so, into their hands? Wow. Well, quite a lot of... Carol, you'd be surprised. I saw people... Oh, my I saw God, people how do I do it? And then they sort of wipe their nose between finger and thumb. But, uh, yeah. I can't believe oh. you took your wife to show you that, though. Well, <laughs> I didn't, even, so late I didn't even know about it. Anyway, I'm not going to be shaking anyone's hand at RSA this week. Right, I'm no t- kissing either. <laughs> and no scratching Don't anyone's butt. Not two even if I see Dave Bittner. I can't uh, do it to him. <laughs> no, just wave, wave, wave from me. Wave. Did you know that LastPass Enterprise gives a vault for every single user? In fact, every user can have both a work vault and a personal vault. If you want to make your organization safer and reduce friction for users, why not check out LastPass Enterprise at smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass. Oh, and as part of Digital Transformation Expo, LastPass is throwing a shindig with complimentary drinks and nibbles for fellow security professionals like you and me. This is at the Science and Industry Museum. You'll see me do a keynote, which I promise will be hilarious. Plus, you can take part in a hot debate where we can answer the real questions out there panel includes smashing security guest Lisa Forte. Don't miss it. So check your calendars for Wednesday, March 25th and sign up at smashingsecurity.com forward slash LastPass. And welcome back. Can you join us on our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Ah, uh, did you practice? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Better not be. Not one during RSA week. (laughs) My Pick of the Week is not security-related. You may remember a website. I think we actually had covered it in a past Pick of the Week called This Person Does Not Exist which is a website which, using artificial intelligence and machine learning, it creates sometimes very believable and other times not believable at all, images which scammers can use on their websites uh, to populate their team and about us pages. Well, I have uncovered a very similar web page 
called thiscatdoesnotexist.com.、Oh, cat cat. <gasps> and I've chosen this in honour of Ms. Anna Braden, who's joined us on the podcast because she's、oh. rather crazy about cats. Oh my God. Okay, I've this just, is very I've just, true. Okay, I moved ahead and started looking and was playing while you were talking. <laughs> I've just seen a really, really bad one, which I'm going to cut and paste for you guys into the document because, oh my God. That's the thing. Some of these cats are freakishly scary because clearly the、yes. algorithm isn't very good. It looks like something from an LSD fueled <laughs> nightmare. It's like you've been on a bad、one. trip. <laughs> oh my God. Well, oh my God. What's going on with his legs? <laughs> It's like a gremlin. It's so disgusting. It's like a devil、oh, no. cat. This is upsetting. Where's his leg gone? Graham! Oh dear. Graham, this isn't good. What are you doing? This one has four. This one has 15 Some legs. <laughs> Octocat. <laughs> oh my god, I found it.、Oh, this one's dead. I can't go back. Graham, this anyway, is really upsetting. I thought that was a, a bit of fun. <laughs> and, it, and I think <laughs> in, in this era of climate change and biological pandemics, how fantastic that people are putting all of their effort and their knowledge and their skill into producing a webpage which basically produces random pictures of mutated cats. So. <laughs> So, is it possible that these cats could be used in scams to scam, like a, like a romance scam, but for crazy cats?、Yes. <laughs> so, what the scammer could do is they could say, I've got a very ill cat, a sick cat, which needs surgery. Oh, oh no, it's only got i t s o n legs. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like it. What、either. about a Siamese cat? A conjoined cat? <laughs> Look, you, we're all three of us are fond of cats. So, this, this is not、know. good. I think I'll stick to Dusty the cat. Thiscatdoesnotexist.com is my pick of the week. I'm definitely not going to use this to try and draw cats for my art show because <laughs> they will, yeah. <laughs> I think you should. Call it modern art. <laughs> Quirky cats. Oh. So, my pick of the week as well. So, a bit of background on this. I think you're not going to like this, Graham, because it, it's kind of a semi pick of the week.、Um, so. <laughs> Um, so, when I、uh, realised I was coming on Special Security, I was trying to think of a pick of the week. Obviously, you know I'm a long term fan.、Um, I know the format. Big, <laughs> big fan, guys. Big, big fan. It's an honour.、Um, <laughs> oh, yes. And、uh, so I was looking around and I saw that there was going to be a programme on Sky One called Intelligence. And it was、uh, Nick Mohammed and David Schwimmer. And it was about、um, uh, GCHQ. Um, Centre of Cybersecurity. I'd seen David Trimmer in a play in London, so I wasn't just relying on one thing. He was very、That's、good. It's security related. Oh, sorry, girl. It's a TV programme, it's fine, it's a comedy. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so、um, I thought, David Trimmer, I mean, I grew up on Friends. It's good. It's, surely it's got to be good. Yeah. But David Schwimmer. I, I, I probably would. So. <laughs> really? Oh, I love him. No way. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as you said you'd seen him in a play, and then now you're talking about the TV program, I thought, he's a bit, he's a bit sort of、uh, dorky. I like a man with、Which、a long actually... nose. Yeah, yeah, well, I like Jeff、yeah. Goldbum. That's why I,、like、I know because I'm a fan of the show.、Mm. Um, so, anyway, so、uh, <laughs> David Trimmer plays an NSA agent that's a bit of an arsehole. Nick Mohammed plays a GCHQ agent that's like trying to, desperately trying to impress.、Um, 
It's not terrible. It's 20 minutes long, so what? it's kind of like a nice... E- I know. It's like the olden days when they had a short show. Sorry, so th- it's just- this is a sitcom or something, is it? Yeah, so it's set it's set at the Centre for Cybersecurity GCHQ, um, it, but the the script is just thin. So if you're if you're looking for intelligent humour, uh, that it is not. But yeah, no, definitely. But Graham, <laughs> you might like. For example, right, that one of the first jokes they say is is about terrorism, and they say, "Oh yeah, terrorism's so bad it could send you to suicide," and you're like, "Oh god," but. <laughs> it, um, it does improve as it goes on. I did laugh at one point. Oh, I get it. A couple get of it. Points. You see what they did. <laughs> I don't know. You're not easy no, to make laugh. Hard though. to impress. I mean, obviously, I make you laugh a lot, but, you know, professional comedian. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite into sort of gritty dramas. So it's a nice mm. thing to finish off the evening on. Um, but uh, <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> Hang on. So your pick of the... You've waited years to come on to this podcast with your good I mean, friend, yeah. Carole, and former colleague, How many colleague episodes? 100, 167? And, and <laughs> no, I've been queuing up. You're basically yeah. recommending this sitcom, which you meant isn't terribly good, because yeah. you think that David Schwimmer is a bit hot, and you've got, you've got the you've got yeah. feelings for him. That? That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah, all, that is that we is. We right. all need to relax in the evening, Graham. <laughs> and we this all is how you, you top off an evening with a bit of schwimmer. No way. Yeah. And, that, and that's the that end. Does it I would you. say, I would say, because that's not very highbrow. I would say that uh, on BBC Three, the se- the third series of This Country is out, and that is very good and very funny. Um, so that's a that's yeah, an extra bonus one. Me. Yeah, really good. Yeah, okay. It's, it's sort I'm of a mockumentary set in uh, the Cotswolds with there's two cousins and they've got nothing to do. BBC What's it Three, on? I think. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'd say go to the start and watch from the beginning. I don't watch BBC. Oh, do you not? Too old. No, no, it's just a little bit. Yeah, yes. It's not my. What's your problem with BBC Three? It's it's a bit common, don't you think? BBC Three. What? It's just a. This is. It's. It's. I like BBC Four. I like BBC Two. BBC One. Oh, no, BBC Three. It's just a little. It's down with the kids a bit too much. It's just a bit. It's on. Um. It's also on BBC One. Standards so are dropping. That's what I think. I haven't seen this. What's the th- all the good comedies start on BBC? This 3. country, this country. You said this country. Yeah, watch that. Watch that over um, intelligence. But both are, both are. Yeah. You've already said your pick of the week is rubbish, and you're recommending this country instead. <laughs> Absolutely. Your first pick of the week. No one hot that. in this country, though. Right. <laughs> yeah, she nitpicked of the week, and then she picked of the week. Yeah. Carol, what's your pick of the week? Okay, so in my story, I talked about staying home a bit more, right, Graham? And I was talking about what you can do with that time, especially if you're trying to limit screen time or you're married, so there's less distractions. (laughs) (laughs) So so, uh, say it's time for old school fun, something you can play with friends, partners, kids, grandparents, whatever, basically for everybody. So even Graham, you, okay? It's a dice game called Farkle. Okay, I know. The name is the word. As in Megan Farkle. And something like <laughs> <laughs> And my mom. Hi, mom. Uh, she got into this during a holiday a few years back. And we started playing when I started, vi- you know, when I was visiting them. And then something happened, right? When I was there last time, I brought it back. And I've become a little bit addicted to the Ooh. game. Okay, so quickly, quickly, quickly. Okay? You have six dice. You roll them. You count your points as you would Yahtzee. You know, I've got a straight or I've got three okay, triplets yeah. or whatever. But the big difference from Yahtzee is that you can bank the wins of the previous player. Oh. So say the three of us were playing and I got an amazing six dice straight, right? And I get 3,000 points. 
I then can pass those points over to Anna, and all she has to do, she gets them if she can add to the points, and she can get more points. So, so there's this kind of weird, you're, not, you're hoping for the person to do well. She can kind of steal it off you. No, she doesn't steal it. She doesn't steal it. She just gets it as well. So I have my 3,000 points. She would then go and play and she'd say she got 500 points. She'd then have 3,500. Oh, I see. Oh. So you get your points yeah. and she gets hers. Yeah. To, oh, I see. So then so then what happens? Does it not just accumulate? Well, you, you try and build to a score, uh, but there are some pitfalls as well. It's a bit like snake and ladders, but dicey. Oh. <laughs> now, I know you guys sound riveted and I know you cannot wait to play Anna, we are hanging out soon and I know you can't wait to play. I'm excited. Actually, I did have, uh, I had my screen time report today and I am thoroughly ashamed that it was six hours, ten minutes on average last <gasps> week, which is horrifying. What, last week? Yeah, on average. You... On average a day. Oh. A day. Oh, a day. Okay, I yeah. was going to say. I was going to say a week, that's not so So I think I need to play a bit of dice games. So were you at work last week? Yeah. Six hours? <laughs> and? <laughs> She works 10 hours. She doesn't have to sleep for 14. Oh, okay. You, this isn't during work time. I understand. Absolutely not. <laughs> I would never look at my phone when I'm at work. God. Okay. So one last thing about Farkle, because, you know, it's really riveting. Yeah. Um, what's really, really great about it is it's fun, but it's not so distracting that you can't still yak and gossip and whatever, oh. hang out, right? Unlike with phones. Like, you know, if someone's in their phone, they yeah. just literally... Yeah, we had friends come over last night, and they have like a, a young kid who's about two. And literally, because we were there, they both parents went on their phones. <laughs> My oh no! And I no, no, but they need they did, they're, they're kind of missing their their, their fix. Right? That's what's going to the toilets just... for, though. Surely, I'm just going for the loo. <laughs> Back half an hour later. But you know, when someone's looking at their phones, they kind of go, "Hmm, what?" Oh like yeah. They never really hear you. They're really in or an intense video game. Same idea. So this is much more chill, and I think that's what we need in the face of viral epidemic. Some chill games. So there you go. Farkle, an unusual... And Graham PW. can play it when he's, uh, when he's at home for his tw- uh, 14 <laughs> days, when he's got coronavirus. Actually, you're probably going to have to go into uh, yeah. quarantine with the 10% else people in the world <laughs> on the way back. So maybe, maybe you should pop off to a, a drugstore and uh, buy yourself some dice. That's all you need. Or oh, Amazon. Oh, get Amazon to deliver it because you are allowed to accept Deliver it to deliveries. my hotel room. Okay. Well, no, Amazon actually is having trouble fulfilling. That's the big concern right now because most of Amazon stuff comes from China. <gasps> the dice oh, are all stuck in China. So, right. so, yeah, be careful. A lot of things are going to be stuck there because people can't put them in boxes for you. So maybe you have to get off your little butt, go down to the pharmacy, <laughs> go down to the pharmacy get yourself a, a mask if you can for 500 bucks. Well, on that bombshell, we've just about wrapped up the episode for this week Anna thank you so much for joining us I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to know more about you and what you get up to what's the best way for folks to do I'm that I'm at Anna Brading on Twitter and we're at Naked Security and you can also listen to our podcast every week and you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity, no G, Twitter wouldn't last to have a G, and on Reddit as well. Join the conversation by joining the Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget, if you want to be sure never to miss another episode, subscribe in your favourite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Pocket Casts. That way you won't miss any of our episodes in the future. You can hear Graham all the time. Now, shout out to all of you for listening week in and week out, supporting us with a few dollars on Patreon and giving us beautiful reviews. Keep them coming. Uh, they keep Graham from whinging, which is a great thing. And also a huge thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsor, LastPass. Its support helps us give you this show for free. Check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch with us. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. 
Bye. Anna, did you uh, put on a little sexy voice bit on this show? No. Did I? Was it? Was it kind of sexy? Yeah, yeah. I think you sound. Yeah, I think you sound. Uh, it wasn't a deliberate thing, but you know, I, my voice. I is was just sexy. putting on a sexy voice. I don't know if anyone noticed. <laughs> oh, I oh, noticed that. You. You just That's don't good. do it for me, Graham. Okay, you just don't do it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> just look at a picture of look at a picture of David Schwimmer while you're listening to my voice. And oh then... yeah. <laughs> oh, <he's so> nice. <laughs> Dave Goldblum. I can't believe oh, I mentioned him three weeks running. Starting to be an obsession. I think his name is Jeff Goldblum, not Dave Goldblum. Doesn't matter. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> She doesn't care. She doesn't care what he's called. She just wants to look he at him. He met me. He wouldn't care what I was called either. <laughs> does he not? Does he have a tash? He doesn't have a tash, does uh, he? He's had tashes. Depends what picture oh, you look yeah. at. Um, I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs> no.